somehow I've been molding her into the thinking that it doesn't really, you don't really have to be a doctor. You don't really have to be a lawyer. What you really have to learn and understand, regardless of whatever happens to you, is help solve people's problems. Regardless if it's you who's really going to solve that problem, but just identifying how to solve problems, identifying the problems. Welcome to another insightful episode of Parent Entrepreneur Power. In this podcast, Mary Catherine Johnson and Evan Johnson highlight the successes and struggles of parents in business. They share how to be the example of success in entrepreneurship to foster the same in your child, and so much more. Are you ready to power up? Hey, we're live. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I got Mary Catherine Johnson, my incredible mom and co-host, here with me as always. And uh, we're very excited for today's guest, Neil Reichel. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my honor. I'm super, super grateful. And anything that, I mean, the boss says, Mary Catherine Johnson says, I'm always here 100% supporting all the way. Oh, yes. She is the chopper mom and my real mom. So double the boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's good. That's too funny. Neil and I go way back to the beginning of my chatbot journey, his chatbot journey, and he has been uh, with me since that very beginning, right? I mean, we're talking probably maybe April, May of 2017. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I've been stalking you like since 2016, 15, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> stalking me yeah let's let's get let's get on to uh to much nicer topics <laughs> so i'm sure uh people listening may not have quite the same history that you two do um so give us a little bit of backstory who are you and uh what do you do um so uh, to sum it up in, in 10 years, I'll try to sum it up in less than five minutes. So I've been working in the pharmaceutical industry for the longest time. And then my wife and I, who I met uh, uh, in GSK, we got married. And then that's 2010. And then we were already planning to have our own kid back then. But I mean, probably busy with work and everything. So it took us time. So until 2015, we finally decided to get uh, professional help. And we got pregnant, super happy about that, even though it cost an arm, a leg, a kidney, and half a lung <laughs> to, to get that done. So uh, what happened next was that we were, I mean, so excited, super, super excited. First time parents, we were our, in our mid-30s, and it was just like crazy excited. So what happened was three weeks before we were to give birth, I got laid off. Well, I got fired. And this were due to structural changes in the company. And ironically, this was happening when I was having the best time of my life in work. I was looking for a promotion. I was really, I mean, I knew that was coming, but I never had any clue that I was going to get fired. So no insurance, no benefits, no salary, nothing. Three weeks after, my wife, well, the wife said, it's okay. It's perfectly fine. Nothing's going to bring us down. But then uh, when you hit rock bottom, people say that there's no way but up. 
But then I realized it's not really the case most of the time. So what happened was this. When I hit rock bottom, losing my job, three weeks after and when we were to give birth, we lost the baby. So what I say is when you hit rock bottom and you don't do anything about it, you can and will get dragged along the rocks until you get back up. So that's when my wife and I decided that probably like three months after we were just staying in the room. Uh, we were literally, we tried to uh, isolate ourselves from the world. Uh, we weren't answering any of the messages because people were really excited about the baby. And then we finally had the courage to get up. And then we said, okay, one thing's for sure. We're not going back to work. I'm not going back to work. We need each other to support each other. And that's when I said, okay, uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever's required in order for me to get things going. Because another thing is that uh, the world could be so cruel. Well, the bills could be really cruel. They don't, they don't really mind whatever's happening to you. They still keep coming. They don't have a bad days. They don't have a rain check. And that's when it really hit me that I should start getting things doing. So I didn't really mind if I was going to drive an Uber. I really didn't mind if I had to clean other people's cars. Uh, but then the wife said, hey, why don't you just try selling this? So over here in the Philippines, we've got tons of public schools. And she said, why don't you just try selling this called what we call ice candies? And I said, okay, give it a try. And it worked, but it was really, the word really was humbling uh, from coming from a corporate standpoint and now looking myself like an ice cream vendor, right? Which is really humbling to say the least, but do you have to do whatever it takes. But the best part was that I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. There were several attempts since 2010. I mean, so many attempts, but push comes to shove and then this happened and then during that time from 2010 to 2015, it was all about studying. But this time, there had to be some implementing done. So that's when I started to realize, hey, I also, aside from selling ice cream, I also had a knack for writing. And that's when I started to learn about Upwork. That's when I started to learn about editing podcasts. Uh, just to just to make it really clear, the only thing that I did with the editing of the podcast was remove the ums and the as. That's the only thing that I did. And I was making like 50 bucks per episode. And that was really good. But it would take 11 hours to remove just the ums and as for one particular episode. But then I didn't mind. And I was realizing, wait, these things are working. And then started to write. And then started to learn about copywriting. And then 2016 came, competition was getting tougher. And then there, I was starting to get bogged down by uh, prospects, clients telling me, hey, you're from the Philippines, so I, why are you charging this much? So the highest that I got to charge for copywriting services was $125 an hour. But then start, clients started to stop hiring me. So I said, there has to be something else. I have to stand out from the rest. And then I received an email from Andrew Warner uh, which I so loved listening to his podcast, but I couldn't afford the private membership of the old previous episodes. I will always wait for the new ones. And then he said, there's a new thing coming out, messenger marketing chatbots. I said, I have to jump on in this, even if I had no clue at all about tech. 
when I was 22, I was so scared of the mouse, of the computer, from the computer. I mean, that's how scared I was. When I was 22, I was so scared of the word revert on, on, on Microsoft Word. But here I am. Okay, so let's do chatbots. That's the, that's the mantra right now. Pack it, just do it. Just, I mean, let's just do it. And then things started to change. I wanted to sign up to Bot Academy back then. But then I was thinking, wait, I might have a bit of the resources, but why don't I just wait for the first study to come out? So the first case study, the first successful student that came out was no other than Mary Catherine Johnson. And what I did was I approached her initially, okay, initially I offered my services for free just to learn from her. And she said, hold on, mister. I'm not taking your services for free. Tell me what is it that you need? And I, said, I told her everything that I wanted. And she said, okay, would you be interested if I help you out? And I said, can I hire you as a coach? And she said, yeah, I'd appreciate that. And then that's when everything happened. I mean, I started to learn not just the technique. The technique is just like 10% of it. But the, uh, the skill learning how to build chatbots is just 10% of it. But understanding the entire ecosystem of how things work and how it plugs into digital marketing, that's when things exploded. And uh, fast forward to today, I've been, I've trained conglomerates, multi-billion dollar companies over here in the Philippines, all in one setting. I was a speaker, they started to listen and then they started approaching. Then I started to understand, okay, so this is how it works. And that specific thing that I did, uh, hiring Mary Catherine Johnson as a coach, and then now understanding the, the entire ecosystem of digital marketing and how it works into a system, that's how it propelled me to where I am now. So <laughs> exceeded five minutes, but that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> and are you building chatbots? Are you doing more strategic digital marketing now? Uh, still building chatbots, but I now have a team. Uh, would you believe my team of, uh, so we're a team of three, but they're on full payroll, even if it was COVID, we got to afford it. And, and uh, we took the next step, which is going to the bigger strategy view of everything. And now we also have uh, contractual chatbot builders to help us out for the more nitty gritty when it comes to all the integrations. And clients don't really mind. They just say, just give us the results. That's yeah. all that we need. How much is, does it cost? If it's a good, if it's good with their budget, then we proceed. Yeah, they don't, they, don't, they don't care how it's done as long as it gets done and gets results. That's really all that matters. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I will never forget that conversation. Um, I really, really will never forget. And that, uh, that initial time frame. I, it's, it's definitely one of the most impactful times of my life. And I know you and I share that. Um, but let's get into what we're doing now. And, and you know, you have you, now that story has now resulted in, you do have a little Maddie on the planet that you get mm -hmm. to guide. So or your how, old Maddie, yeah. Four-year-old Maddie, beautiful little girl. And I see pictures of her. How are you 
do you plan on bringing her into the business or showing her anything that has to do with your business or entrepreneurship at all? I've been showing her already everything. I mean, uh, somehow I've been molding her into the thinking that it doesn't really, you don't really have to be a doctor. You don't really have to be a lawyer. What you really have to learn and understand, regardless of whatever happens to you, is help solve people's problems. Regardless if it's you who's really going to solve that problem, but just identifying how to solve problems, identifying the problems, that's going to really, that's one life skill that's at this level with swimming. That's how I would call it. And I mean, at four years old, I mean, I don't know where they get that, that uh, zest for information. Sponges, that's an understatement. I don't know how, I don't know why, but uh, the way they talk, uh, you do know that English is also one of, isn't my first language. I mean, duh, it's so obvious, right? But the way she handles herself, the way she talks right now, is like, are you really born here? Are you really raised here? And I'm so proud of it that communication is one of the most important things right now and the way to handle a conversation. So I think that's really a big part of entrepreneurship, of business. And I try to instill as much as possible at this early stage, especially the confidence building part. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's the time to do it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is. It is definitely that time to do it, especially with everything that we have around us, with the internet alone, right? With the internet alone. I mean, uh, I've started to build her social media profiles. The wife has also <laughs> created the Gmail accounts and everything. So it's really that important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's it's, it's a really good time to instill those kinds of things because then I know a big part of why I'm an entrepreneur is because when I was growing up, I saw my mom doing, being an entrepreneur and taking initiative, doing all those things. And I think that definitely made an impact, uh, you know, for me. Yeah. What does she do? So uh, you, I know at four, I'm sure she has some particular tendencies that you can see, whether it's uh, she loves to draw or she loves to sing or dance or arrange things. Or, you know, I mean, there, there are, you know, right. There are certain characteristics that really develop young. Uh, do you see any that, uh, that, that she has that, uh, that she could actually, you know, uh, start using toward, not at four, of course, but as she gets older, uh, mold some of those skills into, uh, into either a job or a business? The useful things are like singing, dancing, the arts, right? But some, the things that really surprise me are this. She really loves it when she makes a profit. I don't know how at four. I mean, <laughs> wait, girl, do you really understand what a profit is? I mean, I want to sell ice cream. How much money do you have? Do you have cash? Do you have credit card? That's what she's asking me. I'm like, wait, at four? The next is she really loves to build an audience, which is, again, so important. She knows that I post about her, right? And she would ask, how many people saw the post, Daddy? How many people did react to the post? And then we do like random Facebook Lives, and then she would already know how to acknowledge the audience. She would say, hi, how are you? I'm Maddie. Where are you from? I think those are really small things, but those are the basic structures, the foundations. 
uh, whether it's going it's whether it's going to be an artist, whether she's going to be a singer, a dancer, whatever it is, those core foundations profit audience building <laughs> that alone. I mean, I'm super confident about that already. Wow. What about school? I mean, I don't know what kind of uh, school um, access, but I know one of the things here uh, in California, at least, um, it's starting to grow are actually entrepreneurial based schools so that they're being taught through entrepreneurship and and uh, kids, elementary age kids are, you know, having to do projects around starting a business or creating a product or selling a product or even getting investors, right? Presenting to investors um, upwards, even that in elementary school. I mean, I would never have thought. Um, what kind of school opportunities or do you see any opportunities that uh, Maddie might have where she could do that? I, I don't really see yet uh, schools offering this, uh, offering entrepreneurship like a core subject right now. I do see it right now as elective subjects. I still see what they're offering right now as the thing that we see in college. Like it's a very academic type. That's how they do it. So probably while it's not yet available in the schools right now, uh, especially Maddie's just doing online classes and we're trying to, I mean, uh, insert that in her daily activities, even with playing around, even with uh, pretend I mean, pretend play all those sorts of stuff. That's what we're trying to do. But if if there was a possibility of, I mean, even doing small workshops, small classes like this, I mean, I would easily sign her up. I mean, yeah. one hug from Maddie and then uh, Daddy is the best. Oh my God! <laughs> Pull out the wallet. <laughs> Pull out she the whatever she wants. <laughs> whatever you want. But I always tell I don't spoil you. Oh no, of course. I'm not a spoiler. I'm not a spoiler. No. But then. No. She says, daddy, one hug. And then, oh my God, okay, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I can imagine that, definitely. (laughs) But what, so thinking about your journey and how how it was difficult and some things came easier, some things came more difficult, what would you like for Maddie to have easier that you didn't? How do you think she can learn from your experience and what would you like to give her that makes her journey, whether it's through entrepreneurship or as a job, easier that you had to struggle with? I think it's really the confidence building part Mm -hmm. that even if, uh, I have to say this, I, I used to feel so insecure about my color. I would feel so insecure about my accent. I would feel so insecure from where I live. Uh, would you believe that when I got that US visa, there was this certain pride in me? That, See, take that, I've got a US visa. But then I said, it shouldn't be the case. Regardless if you have a US visa or not, you should have that certain confidence that you know that you have a specific value that you can deliver. So if it's not tangible, but I think it's super important for Maddie to have that confidence that nothing can bog her down. And that at, as early as now, she starts to see that all I have to do is find that one piece of value that I can contribute, regardless of where I am from, regardless if I have the worst internet in the world, <laughs> regardless if 
what whatever it is i mean being having that thing and i think things would really go a lot easier for her she wouldn't have that feeling of insecurity uh so that's one thing that i really wish she would have yeah and i think she has that right because if she's already doing lives if she's already doing you know talking to the audience at four um i don't think she has any issues with where she comes from or the color of her skin i kind of have that feeling too yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you did a good job so far and she's only four wow you can retire <laughs> I I have to give credit to the wife. I mean, she's the one who's all, always seeing Maddie. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, we're, pretty, we're we're doing a pretty good job for Maddie. I think you are. I absolutely think you are. Anything you want to add, Evan? I just think that that's really cool. I mean, it's it's very true. I definitely have seen that. You know, it's young kids are kind of like blank slates, right? They don't have any inherent insecurities you know what i mean it's just really cool that she's been you know and you've been taking advantage of of her being in that in that time so that she can develop good you know habits and and good ways of thinking as opposed to going the other way you know what i mean it's a good time for that yeah and uh one example here is that uh, uh let's say she loves to sing but there are times that she's like off key (laughs) <laughs> but I don't even mention to her at all that hey, Maddie, that's kind of off key. I just let her sing, enjoy every note of it. And then she sees me so happy because the thing that I really want to build inside her is confidence. I think that's one thing that I hope that she builds so well, cemented so well in her that whatever she chooses to do in life, she has that thing, that's confidence, yeah. I can't say anything more because that right there will will set her up for everything that she needs um, to build on from there because that that skill, the ability to feel confidence in herself for just being who she is, not for whether she sings perfectly or not, not for whether she does something perfectly or not, but just for who she is, uh, that will take her farther than any anything else she needs, right? Thank you. Yeah, I don't. So, well, next to that would be she'd start listening to podcast episodes. <laughs> she'd start listening to audibles. <laughs> she has her and she has this entire library that I already have built for her, uh, whether it's courses, masterminds, and the relationships with people. Mm-hmm. I would. I mean, when she's like seven, I would like to start introducing her to my friends, to my mentors, right? And I mean, your network can really bring you to places. Yeah. As long as, as long as you always provide value as well to that network of yours. You can't just be a taker forever. No. And it's all about, um, like, I think you, what you were mentioning, um, you know, you, you consume, you learn, you learn, uh, you understand, you, you grow within, but really the, the uh, ability to create success is not just what you learn, it's what you act on and what you actually implement and do, not just learning, but doing. 
And this, the things that you have done, Neil, it just amazes me every time I think about it. It, the obstacles you've overcome, the the uh, the difficulties you've you've pushed aside and kept going anyway. Um, I'm just in awe of uh, of your ability to do that, and just have to have to just say, congratulations. I mean, just keep it up. Thank you, thank you so much. I mean, uh, I always give credit to you. Uh, but I also would like to give credit to myself because I think that's one thing that one should always have that insatiable hunger for you to see that there are bigger things, better things, uh, regardless whatever your environment says. Yeah, I didn't do anything. You had to do it. I mean, that's, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't fly over to your house and sit with you and make you do things. I mean, that there's, it's not possible. I mean, um, it's, it's, and, and really to, to think about our kids, um, the same concept, the same thing applies. I didn't make Evan do things. I didn't force him to do things. I didn't tell him you have to do this or you don't get, you know, computer time or TV time. You know, that it just doesn't work that way. That doesn't create confidence and self-reliance. I just provided an opportunity and he chose to take it uh, and chose to, chose to do it. And of course I paid him for his time and his effort, um, <laughs> but, uh, but he chose to, to learn it and do it. And if we can do that with our businesses, I mean, think about not now, obviously she's only four, so you're not going to put her to work yet, but, uh, but think about your business and the team that you have and some of the things that you do. If she has, um, you know, she, she is, attracted to, let's say, the more creative side of what you do, say the copywriting, right? Or making images or things like that. Then you have a business, you have an opportunity for her to try out those skills and make money with them. And that's what it's all about. So true. So true. But Evan, I I bet you would agree with me on this, right? That when you have that parent or that mentor in my case, whispering that vow of confidence in you. I read about this in Todd Herman's Alter Ego. It somehow boosts you, right? It somehow uplifts you, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, what's something that you clearly remember uh, your mom told you that gave you that sudden boost of confidence? I don't remember a specific phrase that gave me like a sudden boost. What I do remember is that through my entire life growing up, there was never any, uh, I don't know if that's realistic or I don't know if that would be a good idea. Whenever there was any ideas that I had, she was always like, yeah, that's great. You know, do it. And See, I think that is definitely what probably made the most impact. Yeah. Versus having a parent or a mentor saying, I don't really think that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Why that's most of my... To- most of my friends I knew growing up, that was what their parents would say, I assume, because whenever someone has an idea or something, the first response was always, I don't know if that's realistic. Whereas my first response is, that sounds awesome. Go for it. So true, yeah. yeah. And having that person that you trust, that you believe in, that you look up to, say that, go ahead, just do it. That gives you, I mean, like... 90% unfair advantage already over everybody else. So again, I'm giving credit to the mentor, to the mom. I mean, uh, even if it was 
us who did it. We wouldn't really have that confidence, that that positivity that there's a possibility that this might probably work because someone just said, go ahead and do it. Yeah. And think about the time. I mean, especially with our kids, that's the time to try those things. They're, they're at home. They don't have to pay a mortgage yet, right? They don't have to pay for all this stuff yet. Why not try something and fail now, right? And learn from it and then try something again and possibly fail again and learn from it and try a new thing. I mean, this is the perfect environment to do that when they don't have to worry about a car payment and a house payment and having a family and right, all of that, why not? Um, and I know Evan talks a lot about his friends and, and none of his friends are entrepreneurs. Um, they all have jobs or they're in college to get jobs. And not that that's bad, if that's what they wanna do and that's what lights them up, hey, go for it. But when he talks about what he does, they have no clue, right Evan? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a different world that I've seen most people don't know anything about. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's really true. It's it's something that you really need someone that you look up to to be helping you and guiding you and giving you those ideas for you to actually be comfortable being in that yourself. Uh, because otherwise, I mean. Um, you know, that's what a lot of people I know, they've even made jokes that what I'm doing is like, it's like, it's like a scam, right? You can't do that. Right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't scam anyone. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's very, it's very, very different from what a lot of people are used to. That's for sure. Not and again, this jokes, it's just us who would really get it. It's just like, if we yeah. see each other in person one day, it's like we'd be, we'd be huddling together and say, share, exchanging all these inside jokes. Hey, you've been called a scammer again. Yeah, like how many times? Three times this week. Wow, high five. <laughs> but the real scam here is that ignorance, not knowing the possibilities, not checking out what's possible, right? Always thinking, nah, you can't do that, right? That yeah. alone is just already limiting yourself. Wow. Then again, here we are. I mean, we're not filthy rich driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis, right? But we're filthy rich in terms of experience and time. Right? Absolutely. Especially time. I have friends in law school and I'm they have no time for anything. And I have all the time in the world and I'm making significantly more money. <laughs> you know, at this point in my life anyway. And keep so growing like, businesses and I'll be making as much money as they're making, if not more, when they're successful lawyers working 10th of the time, a 50th of the time. It's you like know saying, what I mean? Now, who's in the scam right now? Yeah. <laughs> who's getting scammed? Who's been scammed? Yeah. Oh, and let's not even mention the law school fees, too. So, yeah. who Who's really getting scammed here? Yeah. Which you'll pay off. I mean, until like your 50, 40s, 50s, right? Crazy. At least. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I remember when Evan was thinking about college and all that kind of stuff, because he, even though he was doing, you know, editing my podcast when he was in high school, he still was looking at what am I going to do as a job? And what am I going to do as, you know, he, he hadn't actually decided to go in the entrepreneurial direction full time yet. And as he's looking at college and his friends are looking at college and 
of course, Evan, it was like, whatever you want to do, do it. It's not a, there's not a, no, you have to be a lawyer or you have to be a business person or anything. You know, if you want to study music, study music. If you want to be a writer, be a writer. If you, it doesn't matter. Um, but so many of his friends, I saw such amazing talent and what they would talk to me about is they wanted to be a composer of music. And I'm like, wow, that would be so incredible. But of course, their parents were, oh, no, 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 you can't go to school for compo music composing. You have to go to school for something practical. And I, I just like died inside, right? Because that dream is being totally squashed. And they're being told, no, that's not practical. It doesn't matter how much you enjoy it. It doesn't matter how good you are at it you won't get a job. I mean, they were told you won't get a job. You can't do that. And it's just like, you're, you're squashing that possibility. And now is the time at that age when they need to go after that possibility, realistically, in the sense that, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to be a John Williams or, you know, some, it, it doesn't, that's not what you're going for. You're going for being the best composer and doing the best work and learning how to make your heart sing. That to me is worth any job that they would go to for nine to five for the next 50 years yeah so true so i've true. never yeah i my only positive the, the the positive things i got out of out of school from i'd say you know sixth grade to through college because I your teachers are listening <laughs> <laughs> i hope so oh my god yeah i hope so yeah listen listen up the only positive things I got were when I was hanging out with when I the social aspect of school, right? Being being surrounded by my peers, right? Talking with friends, band was a lot of fun. The stuff they were actually trying to teach us, though, I could probably scrap everything I learned after eighth grade and be just as fine as I am. I don't use anything. Um, real life skills, nothing. You know what I mean? The only thing they taught was was what. Uh, she was just talking about, which is, oh, you have to be realistic and you can't do it. Yeah. So that's that. I, there's why do why does why do people think that's a good a system, a, a positive thing? I do not know. I do not I know. know if I if and when I ever have kids, they're not going to public school uh, because I could get they could get the same thing out of it if I just schedule a play date with some friends like twice a week. <laughs> and they get the exact same thing I got out of school without all the time and money. And oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. don't even get me. I could talk for hours on how bad. <laughs> and then that's through college too. Yeah. You know, it applies to everything. College is just like extra high school. How much does college cost right now? Average. It depends. I think my friend, I think one of my friends who's in law school right now, he got like, his scholarship, I think, covers forty thousand nice. dollars a year, and that's not even all. That's not even all of it. If and this is isn't not even like a really well known law school. It's not like it's going to Harvard Law, right? If you're going to like, is he going to pay off in the next ten twenty? Yeah, right. I don't know. I I I I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take him to pay that to pay. I don't know how much he pays. Right. That's just how much the scholarship gives him, and that's not even all of it. Don't even in someone who's going to Harvard Law or, or 
or other really, you know, Yale or something like that. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. coming up on a hundred grand a year, probably. Yeah. It's definitely over 60,000 a year. Over uh, that for sure. It's not like they're guaranteed. Even if they get a $60,000 a year job, well, it's not like 100% of their income is going to go to pay Goes toward paying that off. Yeah. Loans. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they're going to be using that money for other stuff. So. Yeah. And the, I mean, I've got friends who are doctors. That's I'm a requirement. Yeah, yeah, I don't want a doctor doing anything on me if they they didn't well, go to college. It all depends. If someone is true, but they didn't want passion. to be doctors in the first place. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, see, that there's yeah. the thing. If yeah. someone's like, "Oh man, what I want to do, if I could do one thing, and if I did one even paid for it, if I'd still do it, it'd be being a doctor." Well, then yeah, they're gonna have to go to medical school, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I guarantee you, most of my friends, if I gave them like infinite money. And I said, if money's not a problem, would you still be a lawyer? They'd probably say no. Love the question. Yeah. That's a you real know. time. That's the time that you really know what you do not want to do. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's, what, that's, what else, that's one of the things school taught me. What I don't want. <laughs> that's right. To go to school. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... As we begin to wind down the conversation, I know we like to uh, end with a uh, with a pretty deep question, you know. Um, so, Neil, if you were to die tomorrow, what kind of an entrepreneurial legacy would you leave for your kids to, you know, to use as an example as they grow into entrepreneurs themselves? Ha. Huh. Ha, ha. <laughs> Why? Not that that's gonna happen, and that Maddie yeah, wouldn't do that. Take just, my mind off it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just let's just say you know, just just in case tomorrow, if Maddie needs to have an entrepreneurial legacy from you, what would it be? I think it's it's not really the amount of information because that's always available. It's not really about building a large following because you can always build that afterwards. But the legacy that, not that I have a large following, (laughs) just to be totally clear about it, but one legacy is that uh, I want to pass on to her are the relationships that I've built and the relationships that she can grow afterwards. Uh, If it needed, if it's needed, I'll start I mean, good question, really. I mean, really good question is that uh, like really a basic Google Doc or a Word Doc with all the best people that I look up to, that I trust, that she can reach out to, that I've built a relationship with. Uh, Call them like your digital godfathers and your digital godmothers. (laughs) That's how I probably call it. And tell them that if something happens to me, yeah, uh, tell them that I also have a stash of files that they could probably use for their own audience. And I don't want you to be just someone who's begging that, hey, my, my dad's Neil Reichel and I hope you can help me. No, I want you to be, hi, I'm Maddie Reichel, the son of, uh, the daughter of Neil Reichel. And my dad also saved this bunch of files, recordings, courses. And he thought that this might be something that's helpful for you and your audience. So the legacy that I want to leave is that information is always out there. Okay, It's connecting the dots. 
and uh, the relationships that I've built over time. That is, I think, one thing that would equate into so much potential. Uh, so just to digress, uh, most people think that it's all about the money. When we talk about currency, people always think about it. It's the money. But I've started to learn that currency comes in so many different forms, relationships. Currency comes in time. Currency comes in money. So it could also be called wealth. Again, going back to the legacy, that's what I really want to leave her. Uh, knowing that her dad is the person who stopped, literally stopped overthinking. He still loves to learn. He still loves to consume learning. But then again, just adding the execution made everything skyrocket. And it wasn't perfect action. It wasn't a perfectly mapped out plan because it doesn't really happen. <laughs> but really more about the execution and being and really on your toes when you need to make changes, when you need to make certain uh, adjustments. So packet just do it that's that's the mantra love that yes i love it oh gosh neil it's so nice to talk to you every single time it's just such a blast i'm so thankful you want to talk about relationships i'm so thankful you're in my world and that uh, we continue and you know maddie can call me as long as i'm on this planet uh she can call me anytime she wants <laughs> i would love uh, would mr. love it evan, mr evan him too <laughs> him too yes they're going to definitely uh, that, you know, that's a that's a wonderful legacy to leave uh, to allow her. The, I think the biggest legacy you'll leave her is the confidence that she's building in herself and the ability to do whatever she wants to do. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, a blast. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if you can add this, but can I return the favor and ask you, Mary Kathleen Johnson, what legacy are you going to be leaving if that happens? Good question. And I, I think um, it's pretty much sitting right in front of us. Uh, the fact that uh, Evan knows he can do anything he sets his mind to, that he has, he can find the information, he can find the resources, and he can develop the skills in himself as long as, as I've not just been the example to that, but also been the nurturing of that in him. Uh, I can die happy. I, every, every day I wake up, as long as I'm doing that, um, and he knows that he has those resources within himself, um, that's the best legacy I could leave him. And of course, uh, as much love and, uh, and support as I could ever give. Uh, that's it. Uh. <laughs> so Neil, where can people find out more about you and what you do and the amazing things you bring to this world? So this is normally when people would pull out their landing pages, their .com. So one thing that I've learned is that people just really love to foster relationships when it becomes so non-invasive and so non-salesy uh, in a way. So just, Hook me up on Facebook, Neil Reichel on Facebook, N-I-E-L-R-E-I-C-H-L. Um, probably later on, we'll have a link baguette on that bio. But then again, it's just about building relationships. So that's where you can always find me. Perfect. Thank you so much, Neil, for coming on the Thank show. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Parent Entrepreneur Power. Hopefully you came away with valuable tools you can use in your business, life, and relationship with your kids. If you want to hear more about our mission, or if you want more insights into cultivating your parent entrepreneur power, join our movement to make entrepreneurship more accessible to parents and their kids at parententrepreneurpower.com.